Hey guys, thanks for subscribing and downloading this week's episode of Saw Something Scary. As always, we are brought to you by Forge Nutrition. Visit ForgeThroughTheFire.com for all of your nutrition needs. For now, enjoy the show. Alright guys, welcome to another edition of Saw Something Scary. I'm your host, Eric Zhu. Alongside me, as always is the Doctor of Desire, Jeff Wright. Jeffrey, how we doing tonight, man? Doing well, man. Saw a good movie. Yeah. Uh, glad to talk about it. Absolutely. We'll get into that movie here in just a minute. Before we do, let's get into everyone's favorite segment of the show, Jeff Hates Trailers. Jeffrey, I got three trailers for you this week. I want to know, I want to gauge your, uh, your opinion on them, gauge your interest in them. Uh, one, the first one is uh, Blade Runner 2049. I love sci-fi. Okay. And this seems really incongruous with that idea. But I have never seen the original Blade Runner. Who's in this new Blade Runner? Okay. Let me break it down for you. Uh, obviously, Harrison Ford is back. Okay. Good move. Yeah. Um, but then you've also got um, Ryan Gosling, uh, Robin Wright, Dave Bautista, coming off his unbelievable domination of the box office this week. Uh, oh, jeez. Jared Leto is in it. Mm. And he plays a prominent role in the trailer. Um, I think that's about it as far as the names that I can, that I see that are familiar. Um, I like most of the people you just mentioned. I dislike the one that you also mentioned there at the end and kind of groaned over. I really like Robin Wright. I'm glad to see her getting more work. I don't know, man. Uh, I'm iffy. If I, I guess what I need to do is go watch the original. Yeah, it's good. And then figure out if I'm going to do this dang thing. Yeah. Hey, are you a House of Cards fan on Netflix, her and Kevin Spacey? No, I love politics. Yeah. That's one of my, may I say, I love sci-fi, I love horror, I love wrestling, I love politics. But I, I'm legit, like I'm active in my political party. Right. But I just don't watch political stuff. I didn't watch West Wing. I didn't even watch 24. Um, so no. It's, it's an interesting show, man. And, and Spacey's uh, really good. Spacey's phenomenal. Robin Wright is right there with him, though. Man. Yeah, like, I, I, I can believe yeah, that. She's right there, too, so. I'm with you, man. I'm glad she's getting more stuff. I'm, I'm all, I'm, I'm in. Uh, I like seeing my, my boy Dave Bautista get more work, especially in stuff like this. Uh, I like Ryan Gosling. I love Harrison Ford. I can sit through Jared Leto as long as he's not painted white and green hair and has damaged on top of his head. And, uh, anything with Princess Buttercup in, sign me up for it. So <laughs> I think it'll be a hit. Uh, the next one was Dunkirk. Uh, the new Christopher Nolan movie, and I think you're kind of like me, man. If you hear the name Christopher Nolan, you're automatically intrigued and probably on board. Yeah, I'm showing up to watch whatever Nolan's doing, so I'm not going to watch the trailer, but yeah, I'm totally in to watch that movie. Uh, I'll tell you the I'll tell you the uh, the synopsis on it is: Allied soldiers from Belgium, the British Empire, Canada, and France are surrounded by the German army and evacuated during a fierce battle in World War II. Sure, I'm there. Yeah, like more movies a lot, you know. All win right there. Yeah, and uh, it's got a who's who of people in it, uh, including Harry Styles. Um, Harry Styles from the One Direction band. He'll just take my money. Yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, but then also uh, Kenneth Branagh, uh, Cillian Murphy, and uh, my man crush Tom Hardy okay. is in it. So anytime that Hardy and Nolan are together, there's usually some cinematic gold. You know how um, creative minds, directors, whatnot, they have sort of their muse. Mm-hmm. So... Um, What's the creepy dude? Uh, Woody Allen. <laughs> Tim Burton. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. His is, what's your name? It was Helena Bonham Carter. Helena Bonham Carter. 
Uh, I don't know if it is anymore since they're kind of a split ski. Split ski. Trying to think who else keeps using the same actors. The guy who does the Resident Evil franchise mm-hmm. manages to find his way to Jovovich, Mila Jovovich. Mila Jovovich. Yeah. Mike Flanagan here. Yeah. We're finding is uh, his muse must be uh, Kate Flanagan, right. his dear wife. And it looks like for Christopher Nolan, it's going to be Tom Hardy or Michael Caine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but I'm 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 for it, man. Sure, whatever they want to do. Yeah, I think uh, I haven't seen Hardy in well, maybe maybe one bad movie, but besides that, definitely not a bad Christopher Nolan movie. And uh, Silly, you know, Silly Murphy's probably that form too, because my gosh, Silly yeah, Murphy's tried probably more things than Tom Hardy has. Yeah, so. and I I keep waiting for Silly to get more like mainstream box office yeah. work. I would think he would he would find a lot of material that would suit him, but yeah. For whatever reason, he just seems isolated to the Nolan verse. I'm glad he's there. Definitely, yeah. I'm always glad that he's he's a part of it. Uh, he was on a he was on a show called Pinky Blinders. I don't know if that's still on or not. I think it was a British show, maybe on the BBC. I've seen um, it on Netflix. Yeah, it's on Netflix. I know that for sure. Uh, but yeah, me too, man. I've always thought that uh, you know he he was real close to being Bruce Wayne. Like he was real close to being Batman. Oh, really? In, yeah, in the in the Nolan series. I did not know that. Yeah, like he screen tested for it, and I've, I've seen a couple of clips of him in the actual uh, suit. Screen testing um, for Batman and stuff, and I think Chris liked him so. Here I am being real, <laughs> real casual with Nolan, uh, but yeah, Nolan liked him so much that he just decided to to put him in a scarecrow, and and then in a sense, you know, put him in a lot of other things. Um, so yeah, I'm 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 in on this. I it, I don't know if it's opening weekend for me, but I think I'll definitely try to catch it before it leaves theaters, and then definitely get it on a like a red box or a digital or something like that. Um, the last one I want to talk to you about, because I don't think that we've talked about it before on the podcast, is Wonder Woman. The final trailer for Wonder Woman came out this week, and I just want to get your thoughts on it. Do you say the name Gal Gadot? Is that the way to pronounce it? I think so. She looks phenomenal. She was maybe the best thing in uh, Superman, Batman. What was it called? The End of My Hopes for the DCU. <laughs> yeah, R.I.P. DCU was yeah. what it was called. Uh, it was she- called Save Martha. She was the best thing in the whole movie. I agree. And they look to be doing something kind of like the Captain America retro movies, mm-hmm. where she's in World War, whatever it is. So, yeah, dude, I think out of all the movies that have you know, been announced, anticipated, released, flopped, mourned over, this one has the best chance of being a success. Yeah. And if it doesn't take off, that really may be the death knell for this generation of DC Comics cinematic movies. I know we're probably all hanging our head on the Batman, but dude, it's just hard to keep taking body blows without finally collapsing. Yeah. There's a lot riding on this one. I'll go see it though. Yeah, I'm I'm in. I think that we're in a we're in a time period now where we need female heroes, female uh superhero characters. I think this is a really good shot in the arm for that. Uh I'm really looking forward to this movie. Chris Pine is in it, uh Gal Gadot and Ironically enough, Robin Wright is also oh, in this Oh, great. Movie. Yeah. Great. So she continues to get more work, which is phenomenal. So, yeah, I'm I'm all in. I think it'll be great. Uh, from what I've seen, there was a trailer for it before Guardians of the Galaxy, mm-hmm. and I was I really, really enjoyed it. So I think it'll be – I think it'll definitely be worth it. And, and hopefully hopefully it's the spark that kind of course corrects the, the DCEU. We'll see. Yeah, yeah, man. They need something. One can only hope. It's all riding on you, Wonder Woman. Hey, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Is Zack Snyder involved in this? Let me check. I don't think so. I think an actual decent director is, is doing it. Fight me, nerds. 
Patty Jenkins is the director, and she has it makes sense they would hand that to oh, a woman. Right. Um, the story is by Zack Snyder, though. Ah! Uh, but she did Monster. Uh, the Eileen Warnos? Yeah. The but, serial killer? Yeah, but... Charlize Theron. Thank you. Yeah. So, um, she actually did a... She actually did a... Uh, she directed an episode of Arrested Development. She directed an episode of Entourage. She directed the TV movie Five. She directed Monster. Monster seems to be her only feature film that she's done besides Wonder Woman. She could be the next Francis Ford Coppola, Stanley Kubrick, Christopher Nolan, yeah. all wrapped up in one yeah. gender-swapped body. And Zack Snyder is the kiss of death. I don't think there's anyone so powerful as to overcome the curse of Zack Snyder. Well, that kills me. Well, Alan Heinberg wrote the screenplay, but Zack Snyder is, is gets a story by credit on it. So maybe his fingerprints are a little bit on it, but it's not that bad. There's actually three story by credits for it. Uh, Zack Snyder, Alan Heinberg, and Jason uh, Fuchs, I hope is how you say that name. Uh, so who knows? We'll see. I hope it's good, man. Everything That's I've seen about it. the first bit of dread that I have felt for this movie. I agree. I agree. And so anyone that's working for Warner Brothers or anyone that's that works for the uh, for DC Comics or, or for the DC side of Warner Brothers or anything like that, because I know that all of you are listening to this podcast, for the love of God, get Zack Snyder out of there. I know he's doing uh, Justice League. Get him out. Get him out as soon as possible. If you if you care enough about that franchise to save it, that's the only way you're going to do it. Do you like to make money? Because if you like making money, you'll tell Zack to go play over there and yeah. keep him away from these projects. Yeah, do you want repeat customers? Do you, you know, do you want something that's besides, save Martha? I watched that again the other day. Yeah, why'd you say that? Uh, Mar- Martha. What, what, what are you talking about? Why'd you say Martha? Don't worry, I'm a friend of your son's. I can tell by the cape. Thanks. I'm not going to kill people anymore because you're Martha. I've been killing people through the whole movie, but now I'm not going to do it because you're Martha. <sighs> On that depressing note. I don't even want to talk about this movie anymore. Hey, did you say there's a new It trailer? There is a new It trailer. It's uh, It looked like it was for MTV. You can find it on IMDb, and it looks good. Yeah. yeah. That's an opening weekend for me, if at all possible. Yeah. Not going to watch any more trailers. I know I'm going to be there, so. Yeah, Um, I think that's smart. I don't think I'll watch anything else besides this one. Like, after watching that little bit, I'm like, yeah, that's all I need now. Sure. I'm good. Speaking of opening weekends, though, my man, Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, Caught it Friday night. It is. I'm envious. It is really, really good. I don't think it's as good as the first one. Mm. But uh, I think that it's I think that it's right underneath it, and it, it, there's everything to it. I laughed, I cried. It was really good. So highly recommend it. Uh, More of the same from the first one, or does it take any kind of creative different turns? No, not really. Um, I mean, a couple characters are different in this one, but I mean, it's the same kind of feel, same kind of vibe to it, and everything, and. And uh, it takes a little bit of time to, the main story takes a little bit of time to work itself through, which is fine. But it's uh, it was really, really good. Um, Chris Pratt just continues to show why he's he's an A-list talent. Um, I think that Groot is Vin Diesel's best role. I know you're a huge Fast and Furious fanboy, but I think Groot is his best thing that he's done. And uh, and Dave Bautista steals the, the movie. He's the funniest part of the whole movie. I mean, he's got just these really great one-liners and, and for a guy who's getting into acting later in the game and, you know, who who probably has always got stereotyped and typecasted as the muscle-bound lug, I mean, he only said one word in Spectre and, you know, stuff like that. So, 
I I was really impressed with him, and I I, I enjoyed the whole movie. I thought everyone did a really really good job. Uh, Michael, uh, oh man, I'm gonna have to look his name up because I don't want people coming after me on social media. Uh, Michael Rooker uh, plays Yondu. Okay, and he is the he's the heart of this movie, man. Really? Yeah, he really is. Okay. So yeah, I know you wouldn't think that. Uh, the dude from The Walking Dead playing Daryl's brother <laughs> wants it being the heart of this movie, but he really is. It's good stuff. So if you haven't seen Guardians of the Galaxy yet, like Jeff, that'd be me. Go watch it as soon as possible. It is good stuff, and uh, it looks like we're gonna have a really good summer for movies. Uh, speaking of which, man, anything that just creeps, you know, out of your like, this is something I have to go watch out of the summer blockbusters this year. Fast and the Furious. Any good movies that creep out for you? So we're recording this very early in the morning. <laughs> my my brain is drawing a blank. You got something for me to you want to throw at me? That would be helpful to me. Well, I mean, okay, let's see what we got um, that's coming up on on the pike here. Uh, the next thing I know of is is the new King Arthur movie that's coming out this weekend. King Arthur: The Legend of the Sword or the Sword, as Sean Connery would say it. Meh. Um, I like the mythology. I okay. don't know. It, there's never been a really good uh, movie adaptation. Yeah. Uh, some people like First Night. It's not bad. Um, look at me as you looked at him. Sword in the Stone. Yeah, also pretty good. Uh, whatever. I'll I'll give it a look. See, you didn't like the Clive Owen <laughs> Managed to avoid that one entirely. Oh man, good for you. Well done. Uh, May nineteenth. <laughs> May nineteenth. Uh, <laughs> one listener got that and loved it. Uh, Alien Covenant comes out. I'm not a huge fan of the Alien movies. Yeah. I know a guy on a horror podcast probably isn't allowed to say that, but uh, I do like space horror. Yeah. Just never really cared for the Alien movies. Sure. Having said that, I'll rent Alien Covenant and watch it. Yeah, I think that's where I'm at on it, too. Um, yeah. So, I think that's a good idea. May 26th, uh, I'm all in for both of these movies, and I know that you're not for either one of them, but Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales, and Baywatch. Hard pass. Yeah, I know. Uh Pirates looks really good. No, it um, doesn't. I, well, you're wrong, because uh, it does. And I've, I've heard a lot of people, like I've heard early reviews that are like, hey, if you enjoyed the first one, this is back in that vein. Um, and Baywatch for me is just going to be a guilty pleasure. It'll probably be garbage, but it will. Uh, it's it's going to be fun. So uh, Let's see. In June, what do we have? Wonder Woman comes out June 2nd. Holy smokes, I didn't realize this. Captain Underpants comes out June 2nd as well. Um, really? Your kids aren't into the Captain Underpants stuff yet? They should be. We have one of the books, but my wife is a stickler for like, um, I guess basically she hates bathroom humor and stuff like that. Oh. And so she probably didn't get past the cover and I haven't read the book. So it's quite clever. Yeah. Okay. Uh, June 9th, The Mummy. Hard pass. Also, it comes at night, which looks like it's a, it's a horror movie. Uh, it's got Joel Edgerton in it and, uh, interesting. Sign me up. Yeah. Check it out. My cousin Rachel also comes out on June 9th. Should I know what that movie is? My cousin Rachel, it's that, uh, it's that, it's that trailer we saw with Rachel Wise in it where we thought it might be a horror movie, but instead it's like <laughs> this romantic, I'm going to fall in love with my cousin. I have successfully blocked that out of my mind. Yeah. Oh, that man. one will not Good. be garnering any right dollars. Good on you. Um, let's see what else we here. Transformers comes out June 23rd. Meh. Hard pass for me. Despicable Me 3 comes out June 30th. The House. Comes out June thirtieth. Uh, it's got Will Ferrell and Amy Poehler in it. it. Looks, I saw the trailer for that. It looks pretty good. There's a new Amityville. Oh, really? Good. Yeah. Like major. Yeah. Amityville: release? The Awakening. A single mother moves her three children into a haunted house, unaware of its bloody history. 
Huh. Stars Bella Thorne, Cameron Monaghan, Jennifer Jason Lee. Hey, welcome back. Um, uh-oh. The buzz is, shame on Paranormal Activity producer Jason Bloom for exhuming the Amityville legacy and putting a uh, wreck spin on it. Great. Let the Lutz family be. So, maybe not. I don't know, man. Bloom House has been on a hot streak for me. I'll, yeah. I'll probably go check that out. They've been doing well. Let's see what else we got here. Uh, July 7th, I think you're like me on this one. Spider-Man Homecoming, first weekend if I'm there. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely will be because I'm just that big of a Robert Downey Jr. fanboy. I'll be there the weekend. Uh, July 14th, War of the Planet of the Apes. Are you Planet of the Apes? We have really enjoyed this run. Yeah, they've been good. Christy's dad's a fan of the Charlton Heston series, and I could never get into that. Yeah. So he and I would just kind of talk past each other on those. But with the new ones, we went, I think, and seen them in the theater every time and really enjoyed them. Yeah, they're really good. Uh, I enjoyed the the last one a lot, and I think the Andy Serkis is doing a really good job. Mm-hmm. Of them, so. mm-hmm. uh, July 28th, there's a movie called The Emoji Movie coming out. So have fun watching that with the kiddos. You ever heard Vince, uh, Vince McMahon's theme music? Oh, yeah. That you got no chance. Uh, is that it? I feel like there's, there should be more. Some of the blockbuster movies, you know what I'm saying? Dark Tower, August 4th. Yeah. That one will end up, I'm sure I'll end up working my way around to that one. Just so exhausted by the size of the books that. Yeah, I understand. I'm the same way. It's hard for me to see myself jumping in. Yeah, I think I'm going to try to jump in a little bit before. And now it looks like we've got some time. Uh, The next week, which is August 11th, Annabelle Creation comes out. Yeah, sure. Um, That'll be a red boxer for me, man. I, I do not like, I didn't like the first one. And so same creative team. I think so. Yeah, that's not that doesn't bode well, but I've liked that series fair enough. I mean, I love the conjuring and the conjuring too, but Anna, the first Annabelle was, was shite. And uh yeah, so unless <laughs> unless our viewers tell us to go watch or our listeners can tell us to go watch it, which I haven't so far. I think we'll be good. <coughs> excuse me. Bless you. Um <coughs> excuse me. There's a movie called The Hitman's Bodyguard with Ryan Reynolds and Samuel L. Jackson that looks like a, ra- a laugh riot, but it's going to be kind of that similar Baywatch type feel to it. Oh, yeah. So you you may not want to watch it. I'll, I'm going to watch it because it looks funny. So, all right. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's pretty much it on the, on the summer of movies we got going on. And then September 8th, it comes out. So that just kills me. That's a two-parter. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's so fun. But we'll see what happens. Hopefully, it'll, it'll wet the whistle and... Get things going. So anyway, I think we've we've wasted enough time on Jeff H trailers. So let's get into let's get into the main event, right? This week we watched the 2016 Opus Hush by one of my. I, you know what? I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. The best horror film director out there right now. Are you gonna put him over Derrickson? The the co best horror director out there right now. That's the dilemma for me. Yeah, you that's know? a good call. I still like Shyamalan since The Visit. Can somebody put in the Price is Right loser horn? <laughs> every, time, uh, every time that Jeff says Shyamalan, now I want somebody to go, do, 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 I think he sort of gets the uh, honorary mention in this debate. But um, before we went on the, went on the air, or the, the electrons, <laughs> um, we were kind of talking about this. Derrickson stuff is flashier and looks bigger budget. I don't know if it is. Yeah. And looks sort of more polished up. But man, I have went because I, I kind of clicked in my brain. Oh, I like Mike Flanagan movies. So I just started working through his IMDb page and I have yet to find something that I didn't think was a very good movie. Yeah. 
In fact, this weekend, in fact, this week, I watched a couple other horror movies. One of them was the uh, 2006 remake of Black Christmas. Okay. Which I got some heat with um, the people on the horror subreddit uh-huh. who really liked that movie. What's the horror subreddit again? Forward slash R forward slash horror okay. on reddit.com. Anyway, they like it, but that is... They like the remake? They like the remake. And the really? remake to me was one of the most derivative, unoriginal, unthoughtful wastes of time I've ever put myself through in any genre. Yeah. I thought it was awful. Was it worse than Bye Bye Man? It's not substantially better. Okay. I mean, wow. it was just awful. That's terrible. And they just went, it's like they went and found everything that uh, they could pull from some other movies. So there's like a little bit of Bad Santa. There's a little bit of sort of uh, goopy gore porn. Uh, it's just a terrible movie. And the actress who plays, she's in Arrow. Do you watch Arrow? Mm-mm. Katie Cassidy. Okay. It has Katie Cassidy in it. And who, much like Margot Kidder, I thought, hey, you're not a bad actress. This might be okay. And she's terrible. And so... Somehow you've got, you know, actresses at similar points in their career in a movie that is genetically the same, and both of them are big disappointments. Yeah. But I watched the second movie, Before I Wake. It's got Kate Bosworth in it. Okay. And I didn't have high hopes for it. It was surprisingly good. Guess who was the creative mind yeah, behind Before yeah, I Wake? Yeah, that's right. I, I saw that movie. That was a decent movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the rare horror movie that ends on a truly happy note. Right. So, hey, man, Mike Flanagan took a long way to get there, but it's hard to argue against Mike Flanagan. Yeah. Even if, you know, if we looked at, like, raw box office numbers, Derrickson's probably up there. He got thrown a Marvel project, you know, but, um, man, Flanagan just, he just delivers hits. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I think, I mean, Exorcism of Emily Rose is really good, and then Doctor Strange would probably be my second favorite thing that he did. Uh, I'm not the biggest Sinister fan. Really? Yeah. Um, it was a decent movie, but it wasn't, it wasn't something, for me, it was like a one and done. Like, okay, well, I've seen it, now I'm, I'm done with it. Uh, uh, me and a friend of mine, it's a, it's kind of a inside joke between us where we will send each other Bagul gifts, but, uh, yeah, it just, it's never, it wasn't my favorite thing. Um, I loved Origin of Evil. And uh, really enjoyed this movie and really enjoyed Oculus and enjoyed Before I Wake. So I'd put Flanagan a little bit above Der- Derrickson, but I can see where it's a 1A, 1B type thing. And then Shyamalan's at Z. But that's, that's just my opinion. Well, you know, in Flanagan's favor, he works within the genre and yeah. keeps working within the genre. It's hard not to like that. Yeah. So you hadn't seen Hush before, right? No, no. This is the first time I've seen it. And uh, I really... You know, I, I went into it. I told you before we started recording that I went into it. Uh, I, I didn't look anything up on it. Uh, most of the time I try to do my homework. Even if we haven't seen the movie, I try to, uh, you know, look up IMDb stuff and, and Wikipedia and things like that just so we can kind of, kind of piece things together so we know what we can talk about. Uh, I went into the side and scene. No trailer, no IMDb, no, no Wikipedia, no anything and, uh, really enjoyed it. I thought it took a little bit of time to get going. I, you know, there was one moment where I was like, all right. Is this going to get, like, where's it going to turn? Because to me, it was just, okay, this deaf mute girl is going to continue to try to... Creep around the house. Yeah, just creep around the house. I, I don't want to watch this for the next 40 minutes. Uh, and then about that time, it did get really, really good. So That was pretty much my experience when I first watched it, too. Heard a passing reference to it on, I think, a podcast. Uh, I can't remember who, but it was someone that I usually... It was someone that I had in my head, like, oh, this guy's usually reliable. So I went and watched it. My wife watched this with me, and she was really impressed as well. Truth be told, Derek, 
when I like went to find this movie to watch and I was like, oh, it's a slasher. Cool. I thought there wasn't really anything left to be done in the slasher genre. Didn't have high hopes at all, but I was riveted by this movie. Yeah, man. Uh, I, you know, I think something that I say a lot around here is ah, it doesn't reinvent the wheel, but it does. It does really kind of reinvent the wheel. And, uh, I thought that it was, I thought that it was really good. I, you know, again, going into it sight unseen, I didn't know what was going to happen. And so when you, you know, what, five, ten minutes into the movie where you find out that, uh, Kate Siegel's character is, is deaf and, and mute. For me, I was like, okay, this is going to be interesting. However, we go with it. And then go ahead, Wahlberg. What? No. Spoiler alert. Before, you know, when you get what, another 10 minutes into the movie and the neighbor runs back in and she's terrified and then she gets murdered. I mean, just overkilled. <laughs> you know, really, that's when I was like, okay, this is, this is different. Um, that's the point where the movie really grabs you by the shirt collar. Yeah. Uh, it's such a hard and abrupt shift, right? We start with her in the kitchen cooking. She has this sort of lovely interaction with her neighbor friend. Back to cooking. And in the midst of all this domestic uh, tranquility, the bloodied, terrified friend mashes her face up against the glass, begging for her to let her in. Of course she can't because she can't hear her. And it just gets more brutal from there. Right. Uh, this is a movie that doesn't sort of scrimp on the violence, but I appreciate that. As somebody who's not really super into a lot of gore in my horror movies, I appreciate that the uh, the gore is used, for lack of a better term, tastefully and with a light hand. So it really does enhance the fear without becoming sort of the object of attention. Yeah. And that scene with the friend at the very beginning, it, it's just a master class in doing that. Oh, man, yeah. Yeah, and just him realizing that, like, why is she turning around? I'm going to continue to stab this woman until she turns around. Like, this is my whole MO is trying to, trying to get this girl's attention so that she knows she's next. Yeah, she's living terror. Right? Yeah. What's going on? It was really well done. Amazing to me, man. There's only five people that we get a glimpse of in this movie and only two of them make it out alive. And only one of those people that make it out alive, we see from somewhere else in the world. Yeah. Not in this, not in this community that we're living in, you know, in this movie. So, I mean, that's, you know, you would think for a slasher, quote unquote slasher film, that there would be a higher body count. But then when you look at it percentage wise, it's, it's really crazy, uh, how, how it works out. I really enjoyed it. Just your point there that this is sort of a self-contained world mm -hmm. and that usually one of the things you do to build up the menace of the killer is give him a body count. Oh, well, we don't get any of that. We get to see him kind of torture killing. Yeah. And then relishing the opportunity that's kind of fallen in his lap. But Flanagan does a good job at one point to show you the hilt of the killer's uh, crossbow. And he's etched into it how many kills he's done. And so without putting more people in the cast, spending more money, having them terrorize the neighborhood, things that wouldn't be allowed by the setup of the movie. Right. You get a sense there of like the broader reach. It's just really, it's really, really good well storytelling. Yeah. Really good storytelling. Stephen King says... Uh, he, he, uh, he tweeted this out. He said, how good is Hush up there with Halloween and even more wait until dark white knuckle time. I'm unfamiliar with the wait until dark. As am I. That might be one we put on the list. It was uh, made in 1967. Holy smokes. This movie is though the closest I think I will get to have watched, uh, Halloween when it first came out. Uh, just sort of being riveted on the edge of your seat. You know, this guy's looming in the darkness you know yeah uh, important difference though this guy gets wounded you know yeah. he gets hurt he's vulnerable 
but he certainly has the uh, sadistic turn uh, cranked all the way up to 11. And so even though he's more vulnerable than your classic Michael Myers, uh, Jason Voorhees, he is uh, almost in some ways more scary. Yeah. Because he looks like somebody who may drop into your life and just bring in chaos and pain. Yeah, that that's something I was wanting to bring up with you. Um, when when he comes out with the, we talked about it off air, the Leslie Vernon type mask at the beginning, uh, I think I told you straight off the bat, it gives me real Strangers vibes. And so I was excited about that because that's, you know, that's one of my favorites. And then when he takes the mask off, when he started to take the mask off, I was like, no, 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 no. I want you to stay. You know, I don't, I don't want to put a face to you. But then when he takes the mask off and you see this guy and you, and then I was like, oh, you're scarier this way than you were the other way, which is crazy to me. Well, but again, Mark is a great storyteller, right? Right. Because the way that scene is set up, he becomes even more menacing by taking the mask off. He's communicating that there's no going back from here. Yeah. You know, uh, Again, I mean, I mean, we've said it a hundred times already. We'll probably say it again. Hats off to uh, Siegel, who I guess had a hand in writing this, yeah. and also to Flanagan. They really built that character well. Yeah, they, you know, it's a it's a self contained world, and they built it. Uh, they built it without any kind of real, you know, uh, something we talked about with with Get Out. This universe that doesn't have plot holes and things like that. Like everything, everything in this movie seemed to have a reason. Um, the only thing <laughs> that I just kept getting upset with is why didn't Katie just stab that dude once you had the chance? Um, wait until dark just to, to uh, catch you up on it. A recently blinded woman is terrorized by a trio of thugs while they search for a heroin stuffed doll they believe is in her apartment. Hmm. Stars Audrey Hepburn, oh. Alan Arkin, and Richard Crenna. So this is a movie of, of a particular time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I might need to go track that one down. Yeah. Speaking of movies that have come to us from years gone by, in a lot of ways, this movie is what Black Christmas was aiming for. We get no backstory on this guy. He never gets in the house, but he's vitally connected to the house. He's constantly probing the openings of the house and lurking around. Um, and he just terrorizes people, right? Brutalizes particularly women. I mean, that's in a lot of ways, what you would say if you're describing what happens in Black Christmas. Sure. But this one comes off, to me anyway, much more powerfully. And I realize that's probably blasphemy if you're a classic horror movie fan. But real similarities here, I just think you you, you tip the scales, or the scales tip in Flanagan's favor. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think we mentioned it already. Uh, if not, we'll say it here. Uh, Mike Flanagan and uh, Kate Siegel, are, they're married. Uh, they co-wrote the movie together. Uh, of course, Kate stars as Maddie. They conceived the storyline for Hush on a dinner date in 2014, and then they role-played each scene in their house before writing it down, um, mm. which that's a weird way to show your affection for one another, but uh, <laughs> made for a great movie. That's how horror directors, I guess, date. I guess, man. It makes sense of how tightly wound this plot is, like mm. you are saying, with no real... Uh, gaping holes other than like you were like okay you've been pretty brave can you be a little bit more aggressive in attempting killing yeah uh other than that though there's no like oh she would have obviously done this or clearly this would have happened instead uh maybe part of that comes out of just walking through it in your living room and playing out yeah. scenarios yeah i hope so yeah uh well i mean you know because they, they did a great job and um i i don't really know what much more to, to say about this movie well, let me ask you sure kate siegel's not done a lot of stuff no that you've acted, I've not. That seems like a challenging role, particularly if you're not someone who's used to being deaf and yeah, 
you know, I guess you could play mute easier if there's nobody in the room to talk to. I thought she did a really good job for a, an actress who hasn't really done a ton. I mean, I realize her husband's probably the person in the world who's best able to get her work, you know, the best work out of her. But nonetheless, what do you think about her as an actress? Yeah, man, I thought she did it. I thought she was really, really powerful. Um, you know, as you said, she hasn't done a lot of things. Um, I don't know her background. I don't know if she, you know, if she just kind of fell into this um, or what the situation may be. But yeah, she did a phenomenal job here. Um, it's it's one of those things like the the star of Get Out. Um, now, anytime that I see Kate Siegel's name, I'm gonna, I'm going to take more interest in the project. So I, yeah, I thought I thought she did great. I thought the guy that played the man, the killer, uh, was really really good too. Like he made he you know he was the big time d bag. Like you wanted to see this guy get it in the end. That's precisely the the point I would raise with him too. I think it's John Gallagher Jr. Mm-hmm. is the name. So we don't get a lot of chance before this movie starts to fall in love with Kate Siegel's character. We sort of get the sense she's a nice woman, successful writer, generally a cool dude, you know, but whatever. You're not like deeply sympathetic for her by the time everything goes sideways. So what you really need to buy into this movie emotionally is to hate the killer. Yeah. And John Gallagher Jr. does a great job making you hate that killer from the jump. Yeah. Again, there's, there's of course, the narrative elements of him clearly relishing in the horror that he's creating through his acts of violence. But the facial expressions, the uh, tone of voice, uh, there's a scene where she's hit out. Kate is hit out in, uh, sorry, Kate's character. Maddie is hit out in a bedroom. She's got to push some furniture in front of the door. It looks like she's going to make a run at, like, riding it out right here. We start hearing a tapping on the window. She can't hear it. You see a shadow. She begins to look. It's what she first thinks is her friend. Um, but you sort of get more of a look as uh, Maddie swings around more fully. And you realize the man, the killer, has held the body up and is using the wrist to tap on the window. And the facial expression he uses to leer in at her, that is a combination of just sadistic ill intent as well as twisted pleasure at the uh, deviousness of what he's doing is, is super well done. But then she is just sort of overwhelmed, so she turns and leaves the uh, the room. I don't know if you're paying attention to this. He goes into rage. He starts banging on the window. He gets real animated, quick, jerky movements. It's clear this guy wants to be the center of attention. She's denying him the thing he wants. And while he's in control about the rest of the movie, the time he gives an evidence of losing it is when she turns her back on him. That's a lot to do in a short amount of time. And uh, through a window pane, that's a very small part of the scene anyway. That guy pulled it off. though. Yeah. If he doesn't deliver... You know, of course, it's obvious that he has a crucial role, but even more crucial than Siegel. If he doesn't deliver, I hate you from the very beginning, you're kind of checked out on this movie. Yeah, that's a that's a great point. And he does a really, 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 really great job. And you can kind of he he doesn't have uh, a, a lot of a character to flesh out. But what he does, uh, you're able to really, really see it. Uh, one of the things where he's talking about, like where he's trying to pretend that he's the uh, police, he's officer. A police officer. To, uh, to the, the John, and he says, you know, yeah, you know, big guy about your size took me out. And you go, oh, okay, this guy had probably been bullied. He was probably picked on by jocks. Cause this is clearly the kind of people that he hates. Well, you know, I, I took a different read on that. Okay. I thought he was trying to put John on the defensive 
by, you know, in the world he's trying to create for John. I'm a police officer who's been knocked unconscious. Oh boy, maybe it was you who was out here lurking around so that he would have John on his heels when eventually the time came for him to attack him. Yeah. I mean, either way. Sure. It's not like it's, it's not, it's expressed, you know, in the movie. Uh, same kind of encounter there when he finally stabs John in the neck kind of out of the blue. Uh, he says twice, it's done. Yeah. It's done. Just perfect line delivery. It's a lector type thing, you know. Pulse doesn't go over 84. John Gallagher Jr.'s done a lot of stuff, man. I didn't realize it. Uh, He was in 10 Cloverfield Lane. He was in the Belco experiment that neither one of us are going to see. He's done TV stuff, I think. Yeah, the newsroom. He's he's big in Sorkin. The newsroom, he was on the West Wing um, and stuff like that. So good for him, man. It's good to see somebody, you know, somebody uh, who's been solid and, and delivering consistently have the chance to shine like this in the movie. Um, Michael Truco, I only know him from two things, uh, from Bye Bye Man and How I Met Your Mother. And from the, the small portion that he's in this movie, you think that like, this is going to be the knight in shining armor, you know, big, tall, good looking guy here to save the day. He, uh, you know, he, he, uh, grabs that rock and you're thinking like, okay, homeboy's on to him and he's, you know, he's going to do the, do the deed. And then the next thing you know, stabbed in the neck and, and game over. And, and then still though, goes out like a champ. You know, attacks the guy, tries to choke him out, tries to give her a chance to run, um, which, of course, sets up our, our ending where she, as the writer, realizes there's only one way out. Um, the unexpected. Yeah. So there's two things about that. If you're someone who's looking for, like, strong female characters, she isn't the final girl. She's the hero of the movie. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, she doesn't depend on anybody else outside of herself. If you're someone who's looking for uh, not just a strong female hero, but someone who's uh, a strong heroic character who's dealing with what we would call disabilities. Hey, this is your girl too. Um, makes masterful use of her environment in realistic ways to defend herself. Right. I appreciate that uh, this erstwhile victim does the thing that I so often want to happen in a horror movie. Hey, honey, listen. Go proactive. Yeah. You know, you were talking about that epiphany p- point she had where she realizes, I got to do what he doesn't expect. I've got to kill him. Yeah. And even if she makes that decision, she gets her hand mutilated. Yeah. But she kind of hangs with that plan. And I love that, man. I just, well, more power to Flanagan, more power to Siegel as the, as the writer. More people who are proactive when being terrorized would equate to more good horror movies. So you creatives out there who listen to this podcast, take a look at this as an example of someone who you can do something uh, not just different, but something superior with. Uh, in the victim role. Well said, Jeff, right? Mm-hmm. 1982. Kate Siegel was born in 1982. You're younger than me, baby. Jeez. What am I doing in my life? I'm doing this awesome podcast. Hey! Hello. Um, yeah, man. I, I'm really glad we watched this movie. I, I, I at first was kind of worried about it because I've had a whirlwind week and I needed, I needed something that was going to keep my attention. And when I thought that they were just going to do the Shaggy and Scooby run through different rooms in the house while old man Withers is dressed up trying to you know chase after him I was afraid but once it got good man it got really really good and um yeah I'm, I'm really glad to see to see a new creative spin on this trope it's nice to see for sure speaking of tropes really the last thing I have to say it's an interesting movie to compare to Don't Breathe okay in a lot of ways it's sort of the mirror inverse you know you've got characters with disabilities in both uh, obviously in Don't Breathe the disabled man is the is the danger here in their movie. The protagonist, their sensory deprivation uh, is 
obviously what the movie's built around, where the tension comes from. The people dressed in dark clothes, sneaking around the house in Don't Breathe are the good guys. The dude in dark clothes sneaking around the house here is the maniacal murderer that you want to run away from. And then in both, the house has become really important supporting characters. They provide the uh, nooks and crannies where the action plays out. They provide the uh, objects through which the conflict is played out. And so I don't really have anything more profound to to say on that subject, just that it's interesting to look at them as sort of mirror inverses because both of them are movies I think you and I were pleasantly surprised by. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, really good point on that. Last thing I'll say is this. Mike Flanagan, I want you on this show. Mm. And so to our listeners, reach out to Mike Flanagan. I believe his Twitter handle is at Father Flanagan, if I'm not mistaken. Pastor him. Tell tag him. him yeah, tag us. Tag say, him. Tag us. Say, hey, go on this podcast. These guys love your work and would love to love to talk to you. And uh, and for sure, man, I'd love to talk to him about upcoming projects or, or these projects or anything, because I think that the dude is, is batting a thousand right now. Yeah, he's on my must watch list. Absolutely. If it, if it, if it comes out from him. It gets my benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Uh, do we see something scary? Yeah, I think we saw something scary. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Um, these these are the kind of movies like I can watch Freddy and Jason and, and Michael Myers and all that stuff all day long. Stuff like this that could like legitimately happen. These are the things that terrify me the most. So I uh, definitely think that we saw something scary. Uh, definitely did not see a dumpster fire. Definitely saw a really, really great movie. And I, uh, I beg you guys to go watch this movie. Support Mike Flanagan. Support Kate Siegel. Um, support sure. good horror movies yeah man. exactly um, just you know go out of your way to find this uh, is it on anything like can you download it right now on anything I'm, I'm sure not you can sure. buy it on iTunes or mm-hmm. you can go find it on, on Blu-ray or DVD I'm not sure if it's on Netflix I'm sure it's on Amazon it won't be hard for Google to find it and that'll help you track yeah. it down so anyway get out there watch Hush it's a, it's a fantastic movie Jeff where can they find you on social media my man at right Jeff about everywhere all right, and you can find us on at Scary Podcast on Twitter and Facebook, and we do have our subreddit where uh, Jeff frequents and argues with fanboys about different things, and that's what, Jeff? Forward slash R forward slash saw something scary on reddit.com. And then my uh, Twitter handle is at Derek Zoo. You can pretty much find everything uh, about me on that. Join us next week as we talk about some movie that is unknown at the moment. Uh, check us out on Friday for Saw Something Scary in the Ring, uh, where we'll be talking about the, uh, the goings on in the world of professional wrestling this week. Thank you very much to Ryan and Brewer for our theme music. Uh, you can find him at Ryan and Brewer on Spotify and, uh, on Pandora. Also, he just released a new album on Bandcamp. I think it's seven bucks. Uh, I've listened to it. I love it. It's fantastic. Go support Ryan and Brewer. Put a couple shekels in his pocket. Um, he's a friend of the show and does a lot for us here. I think that's all that we've got as far as the plugs and stuff go. We'll see you guys next week. Until then, bye-bye, man.